0: Welcome to Sound and Vision, conversations with contemporary artists and musicians about the creative process. Here's the host of Sound and Vision, Brian Alfred. Byron Kim is a painter based in Brooklyn who received a BA from Yale University in 1983 and attended Skowhegan School of Painting and Sculpture in 1986. He's a senior critic at Yale University. He's received numerous awards, including the Albert Award and the Joan Mitchell Foundation grant. He's participated in many international exhibitions, including the 7th and 3rd Gwangju Biennial in Korea in 2000 and 2008. In addition to the National Gallery of Arts collection, his work is in the permanent collection of the Albright-Knox Art Gallery in Buffalo, the Art Institute of Chicago, the Berkeley Art Museum, the Blanton Museum of Art in Austin, Texas, The Hirshhorn Museum, the M Plus Museum in Hong Kong, the Museum of Contemporary Art in La Jolla, the Museum of Contemporary Art in San Diego, the Perez Art Museum in Miami, the Walker Art Center in Minneapolis, and the Whitney Museum of American Art. Byron and I met up at his current show titled Mud Root Ochre Leaf Star at James Cohen Gallery on the Lower East Side, and we spoke about many things from his early days as a student to Art's relationship to the universe. He's one of my favorite people, and it was a real pleasure to have conversation with him at the site of his powerful show. So without further ado, here's our conversation. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I guess we should try to start. Sure. So, um, the past couple of days, I was doing a little research online on you. <laughs> that was really? I watched an old lecture. From, do you know about this? It's on if YouTube? people keep
1: telling me about something that was on the Tate's website, is that it?
0: No, it's a different one. It's a deeper cut. It's like you in Colorado, I think. Oh, man. Yeah, it's good. So
1: I'm one of those people who would care what, you know, the content of, of one of these recorded things, but I never check up.
0: Right. As soon as it's done, yeah,
1: I just it's done. Brian's gonna do whatever he wants with it.
0: <laughs> you won't. It's only in theory that you'll be. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I feel like artists. I I say this all the time that like we get obsessed with what's next and don't really want to live in the past.
1: Exactly. Otherwise, so I, I can't you get listen to stuck old there. Yeah. I can't. So anyway, you found this recording of me talking in Colorado. Yeah, it which would long, have been eighty-nine, oh
0: I God. think. Yeah. No way. They were 89. Oh, no, 98. 98. 98. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, 89, 89 would, have been early. would have been really early. Were you given lectures in 89?
1: I hadn't given a lecture yet.
0: <laughs> but it was really interesting to see uh, you showed early work in it. And I had never seen. It was student work. Oh, it was
1: probably a uh, at a university. Yeah. Because I, I try to do that. I don't have too many images of student work because I was never... I was never really an art student. Yeah, I mean, I went to Skowhegan, but um, and so that's probably what I counted as my student work. Yeah.
0: And oh, then, so that was from then. It wasn't from undergrad.
1: Maybe there might have been some stuff from undergrad because you know I went to Yale and I studied with Bob Reed, but mm-hmm. I wasn't an art major, so I just have a few. Cl- I have a few classes. Well, that's college. what I was
0: curious is about. What were you studying? Is it just liberal arts? Uh, I
1: ended up um, majoring in English mm-hmm. and reading a lot of 19th century English poetry. But um, at first, I took a lot of science because I thought I was going to be a doctor like both my, both my parents are. Mm-hmm. Uh, and those are the classes that I did really well in. Yeah, I mean, I would have been, I was a really good student in college, but I would have been just top student if I had taken only science classes.
0: So that was the the plan, or the predetermined plan. You were going to go yeah, probably be a doctor.
1: I don't know if it was the plan. It was more let's say, the better way of putting it is that it was the default. Yeah. So it was the default plan.
0: So yeah. both your parents were doctors? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So well, I bet
1: there are a lot of artists who's, who have Both their parents are professional people. Yeah. I think it skips generations.
0: I was pre-med. Yeah? Yeah, for one semester. For one semester. (laughs) And I realized this isn't what I want to do. Right, But, uh, yeah. It's just like
1: you were talking about before. If you don't put in... I mean, it's a little bit different for being a doctor, but you have to at least put in the effort. Oh, yeah. Because you... I mean, there are people who are very talented who could probably get through the whole thing just coasting, but you and I are probably pretty similar that way. I mean, we we would have to work at it.
0: Yeah. I don't think
1: it would be super hard, but we'd have to put in the effort.
0: Right. Well, ironically, I think maybe in the last 10 years, I feel like I could go to med school, and really be into it. (laughs) Yeah, don't get me
1: started on that. (laughs) Because I I have... I had my foot out the door. I would say that's the thing. The two things that make me the most different from all my artist friends is that... um, You know, one of them is that I... Just... Art wasn't always my thing. Yeah. So... Um. I This the, the default thing continued to be going to medical school for years and years and then um, there's actually a crazy anecdote um, about I've applied for a bunch of teaching jobs you know we were just talking before we started with the mics um, we were talking about teaching and um whenever I a, whenever I teach uh, apply for a real job I, I've never gotten it but I've, I've been asked to apply for many jobs uh-huh. maybe I mean many like a ha- half dozen or more yeah so once I was asked after Robert Morris um, retired uh, there was this big void in the hunter Art department and um, it wasn't just me, but a number of people were asked to apply for that job. Mm-hmm. It ended up being a failed search and they, you know, broke up the line and, and hired a bunch of people. But in the beginning, they were just looking to replace him, I think. Yeah. And um, so the secret thing was that I was applying for that job to be like whatever, a full professor at Hunter. Um, I don't know if I was qualified for that, but that's what I was applying for. And at the same time, I was applying to be a hunter undergraduate. And I was, t- I was, <laughs> and I was talking to them about like what, cause you know, my, my, all my pre-med stuff from Yale was at that point was like, I don't know, 25 years old. Yeah. And it's only good for, I don't think it's even good for 10 years. Um, so they said I had to take pre-calculus over again. I said, there's no way I'm really good at math. So I said, there's no way I'm going to take that over again. And they said, well, you have to, or you have to take a placement test. I said, Oh, I'll take the placement test. No problem. But you know, it would be the same with you. Probably you couldn't just take the placement test tomorrow and expect to pass. You have to at least flip through the book. right? Yeah. Brush up. So I was having a really good time studying precalculus in my studio. Yeah. Just when I was, you know, having downtime, didn't really feel like painting. Um, and I said this is the deadline. I'm going to get I'm going to take the placement test around Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. You know, this is like the summer or something. It's plenty of time. And Thanksgiving rolls around and I'm only halfway through, probably not even halfway, and I just sat down with myself and I don't know, maybe I was I'm 55 now, but maybe then I was 45 mm-hmm. and I just like and this had been going on so the real point of the story is that this sort of thing had been going on in my head all the way from the beginning yeah and um I just sat down and said if I can't skim through the pre-calculus in you know whatever four months am I going to go to <laughs> medical school <laughs> and then if, even if I do go to medical school at 45 what, what is that yeah so I finally gave it up And that was really, so I can say it's kind of a weird thing, but, um, I mean, I trick artists have so many ways of tricking themselves into working, but, um, you know, that was one of my things, like the threat of going to do something else entirely, like quitting this for some reason it's horrible, but for some reason that has to be a motivation of mine. Yeah. This like, okay, I finished this, like I accomplished this. Now, I don't know what to do. Maybe it's finished completely. I'm not going to do it again.
0: Is that linked, too, to the way you, just the way that you think about making art and the way you work? Because I always thought that from the outside, it seems as though you kind of take breaths in between shows or groups of work, and then there's, like, this idea, maybe, I'm assuming, that fuels a new group of work, and then you see out this idea, you know what I mean? And then have a show with it, and then you move on to another idea. Where there's some people who just work in mini... St- like, think of Van Gogh. Like, someone who's just slowly changing and working through ideas constantly, and there's not, like, this... These, um, well, I'm sure there's rest periods, but you know what I mean? It's more almost See, like a blue-collar I like, think approach that, to I making... I think
1: that I end up... Like, the effect is the second thing, but in my mind, it's the first way that you yeah put that. Because I need to um, think... I need to fool myself into thinking this is a whole new thing. Like I'm starting from ground zero, inventing it all again. Yeah. Which is a complete lie. Because if you look at my work from whatever, 1989, um, that was the, the mistaken, transposed, right, dyslexic right. date. <laughs> um, I it's, it's pretty consistent. And yeah. mean you start from that point where like I'm trying to figure out, well, what can I do? I can't draw, you know, unlike you who can draw really, really well.
0: That's both of those statements are really wrong.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you figured out a way to draw. You definitely (laughs) figured out. I mean, even if you don't think that you're a natural artist that way. Yeah. I'm sure that you are. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But thank you. I mean, that's a huge thing of yours in my mind anyway we can go into that later but um <laughs> uh so yeah it, i to well i just have to I, I guess the main point is that i have to um i have to convince myself that i'm starting over again periodically mm-hmm. i don't know why i mean i think the effect is of the second thing the more blue collar thing where you know i've been working pretty steadily um from that point till now, it's just that I don't let things out until it feels good. Yeah. And, um, you know, it took me a long time to realize this. Um, I wish I had realized it early, earlier, but um, pretty recently I realized I only have one job. I tell myself I only have one job. It's not the teaching. I love teaching. Um, it, it, it has to do with making art. But the way that I articulate it to myself now is, I just need to go to the studio and make a good painting. Mm-hmm. That's it. If I just stick with that, I realized that when I was making this show that's up now, there's another part of it. You know, okay, so I made a bunch of good paintings. Now I have to them together somehow yeah and i got a lot of help with that i don't think i did a good i would i don't think i would have done a good job of the second part putting them together which brings me back to that that one task just making a good painting yeah i still don't know how to do it but that's that's the one thing that i need to do
0: well i feel like with the although there's this consistent thread with your work there's also this fluctuations of approach and technique to it, too. And, um, I mean, is that... Are you constantly throwing yourself curveballs in that sense on purpose, or...?
1: I think so. Uh, I don't know where that comes from. I mean, I think there are a couple ways that I can put that. One is that way. I'm just trying to trip myself up so that it is like starting over again. Um, But try to rephrase... The question, because I, I just lost what the other thing is. But I, I guess I, just
0: or, you know these different approaches you have. Oh right. Which are kind I, of, I know what the other thing is. It's almost like a method that you're using yeah. for a specific con- conceptual it's idea. It's a method that ha- there's
1: there's. It's a method with no method. It's kind of like Bruce Lee's thing. Like he has a style that has no style. Mm-hmm. Um, it's that I. You're um, <laughs> the Bruce I lost, Lee. I lost it again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I asked you to rephrase the question and then I got it.
0: And then um, it was worth the blue, the Bruce Lee reference. I think. <laughs> maybe. Although I think, no, but it's, I, I, it's think like, I stole that from somebody it's else. It's like shifting between ways
1: of making. Oh, and you know what it is? It's that, um, it's my lack of training. I think part of it is on purpose. Like it's, it's a really weird thing because it's a kind of arrogance And an insecurity, both at the same time, which is usually a pretty dangerous combination, but maybe not so much in my case. But like an arrogance that I didn't, nobody taught, nobody taught me anything, which isn't true. Actually, I had a couple of really good teachers, one in high school, and um, maybe a couple in college. Um, But a really good, especially. A teacher in college uh, whom you know um, but really I mean since I didn't go to art school and have like a real program um, and especially because any any teaching that I benefited from it just wasn't very technical I have no technical background that's almost true um, so that means I have no I don't know how to do anything I just have to make it up and it's easy to find out how to do things Um, but then you have to do it to be good at it yeah I mean you have to do it for a while generally to be any good at it and so I don't have any devotion to any particular medium so that's a that sounds really weird because I am a painter and um, I tend for a, for a while, I made abstract monochrome paintings. And uh, it's not um, exclusively true, but for the most part, I've made abstract paintings. I've, I've, I've mostly dealt with abstraction this whole time. So, um, so it sounds a little bit funny to say that I... I I don't have any familiarity with with materials or something like that so that I have to start over again but it's just this starting over again that um I don't know it's 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 totally not conscious it's just something that I need to do cuz it seems like um for me it's all about discovery yeah and I think I discover Maybe this is a better way of putting the way the two the two different models that you posed. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to uh, you know amend that a little bit, and it's more that um, starting new is a better discovery place for me than just continually adding through the years. Yeah, um, I think that that continually adding through the years is a good way of discovery for other people. But for me, for some reason, I have to trick myself into thinking that I'm, I'm in, reinventing the wheel.
0: But I think that discovery, in the second sense, is someone discovering through the act of physically, let's say, painting, mm-hmm. making like you know 100 paintings over X amount of years, they're moving things around and discovering little things that are happening within that painting and mixing this with that or whatever it is technically but I like this idea of discovery in the work before the work's even made, in a way. It's like this life experience that then you bring conceptually into the act Uh, of painting. yeah, yeah, that's a different... I do that, too, even though I feel like my work, the way I make it is similar, like there's things that change over time, but I'll find a subject matter accidentally, and then I'll just do it. Like, I once did a painting of every flag in the world, and I did that because I was interested... And I don't know, there's a book my kid was reading about flags, and I didn't know any of these countries. Uh-huh. And I started getting interested in visually what they look like. Next thing you know, I'm just really into it. And it's almost like I figured out a way to turn that into an art project because I wanted to learn all these flags. Right. Do you know what I mean? So it's, Yeah, it's yeah. Like, I have, yeah, that's great. That's I think we are kind of, it's kind of a gift in a way as an artist. If you can do that, find, like you're learning about life for the world through your work. Whereas other people, I think, if they have a day job, they do their day job, they come home and they read books or watch movies, and that's their kind of discovery or learning or, you know, the things they're interested in. And we sometimes are lucky enough to have it fuel our work, which is nice. Right.
1: Well, for me, the example that you gave about the flags, I I feel very sympathetic toward it. Um, And so... There are a number of times where I've very consciously thought of some project to do and followed it through, like mm-hmm. you just described. Yeah. Very, very, very analogous to that. But the ones where I learn the most from are the ones that I'm. I it, they're not so preconceived or premeditated or even self-conscious. They are. I just happen. On something I just happen on something you know it's it's just I don't even know how to describe it it's just some big thing in the background and maybe it's not really particular to me but I always want my art to be have some relation to reality <laughs> it's that's the only way I can think of it or the world or something like that but I don't want it to be so specific or obvious or clear and so um, and so, but sometimes it is very obvious you know like painting a bunch of paintings of the night sky in the city it's just it's just that but the thing is that's just it's 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 a very dumb subject matter that I'm hoping will reach something else and so that's what was going on, I think, in part when I originally started painting little paintings of people's skin color back in the late '80s or early '90s. And um, I, you know, so a process that I'm trying to explain now is 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 not as specific as the process that you just explained with the flags, but more um, it's very vague um, you know, like I'll try, I'll try out a subject matter that sound, that seems really obvious and kind of dumb in a way. Um, but I have a gut feeling that there's something more there that I'm, that I'm not actually articulating to myself. So I make it. And, um, then the meaning accrues over time. Mm -hmm. Like I, I don't I don't know what it's going to be and I still don't know what it is. Yeah. Like I made all those paintings of people's skin color, little paintings of people's skin color and added them up. You know, I was originally trying to ma- make some sort of commentary on modernism, I think. Like the way that I always put it is that I was trying to infuse modernist painting with some other subject matter, the word ulterior comes Mm -hmm. to mind. Um, But, um, you know, it came to mean lots of other stuff for other people, you know, both uh, cliched and trivial and profound. I, I don't know where the real meaning
0: falls. It doesn't matter in a way. Well, that's the beauty of it, right? Is that different people have different interpretations of it. Right. And it's it's amazing that it can
1: fluctuate so wildly. Yeah. Even among people who are um, really trying and who are really intelligent.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's. I was going to ask you too about what, because you so often do reference this idea of something real, something that is in you know reality and then merging it with abstraction and then there's this discussion within modernism as a relation point to the image of it and what it's related to why is it so often modernist abstract painting that you're referencing or what is it about that era and that time and that painting is it a love of it is it um kind of like a pushing back against it is it all of the above you know well it's definitely both but
1: um I would say if I had to boil it down to one thing, this is going to sound really corny, but, um, that kind of work had the pretense of talking about really big subject matter. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if I can talk about really big subject matter, but I would like to try. Um, I'll give as an example. A critique, um, just a few years ago maybe not even a few years ago a couple years ago at Yale where you know very well this situation it's final crit it's in the pit this big open space and um, it's tense it's tense uh, this first year student has made an incredible variety of work Um, and at some point, uh, I don't know who says this, who makes this assertion, whether it's the student or a faculty member, but, um, it comes out that maybe the, uh, the intended subject matter is the universe. Mm -hmm. And so another faculty member (laughs) says, you can't make art about the universe, so everybody was, you know, it was just about to go on to the next, it was kind of a funny thing to say, but yeah. a serious thing, you know, that, yeah. that person meant that. And it just got like, I don't get that just really rubbed me the wrong way that moment. Mm-hmm. And I just said, I had to like stop and say, cause I don't really talk that much in those things, but I just had to say, why not? Why can't you make work about the universe? Yeah. Like, it's almost, I I almost had the thought, like, why would you make work about anything else? right Um, Which maybe, I don't know, maybe that faculty member was trying to make that point. But I don't think so. I think that person was just saying this is this kind of corny or passe. I'm not exactly sure. It's just, so anyway, this is a long-winded way of answering your question about modernism. Um, I like both that it tried to, it's so funny to talk about it in such a general way, but that those artists tried to um, talk about such large subject matter and and just tried to grab everything at once, even if it was vague and untenable. Um, Also, the thing that popped into my head when you asked that question is that and I'm not sure about this, but it feels very American to me, Mm -hmm. you know. uh, I grew up in a very specific, very, very particular idiosyncratic Korean-American situation, but I feel very American, you know. Like, when Mm -hmm. I go back, when I go, I say go back to Korea, but I was born in California, so it's not going back in that sense. But when I go to Korea, and, um, you know, and maybe, like, I have this, fantasy or this I'm imagining people comparing my work if anybody's thinking about my work um to older Korean artists there and um who worked with modernism too but I don't identify with their work very much at all yeah because I feel my work has a very American subject matter Mm -hmm. and um I don't know. It's weird. You know how they, you know, people say, you know, like it would be un in 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 our social circles, it would be kind of uh, politically incorrect to say that you're patriotic, Mm -hmm. which is kind of a weird thing. I don't really even know what patriotism means anymore. But I'm just trying to say that uh, I think that my work is is very American in that way. If it's if it's related to a modernism, it's like very American modernism.
0: Yeah, um, which makes sense because you're American. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you don't have. Yeah, I don't really Italian yeah. Americans. who no, I know. Who are expected to make artwork that reflects Italy? You know what I mean? Necessarily, like you wouldn't assume that. Well, that's that. a
1: really good point. Do you
0: know what I mean? Yeah. But I think sometimes if people have the visage, or if you know, yeah. if they you know their culture is. Immediately apparent, then people may expect that or place that on the work, which is yeah. Basically,
1: you're saying if you're not white, yeah, if the culture considers you not to be white, um,
0: yeah, I think that's true. Um, well, Southern California is a culture in and of itself, right? I mean, there's a certain. Uh, it what was is. that? What, do you I, feel like that reflected on your the way that you see? You know what I mean? Because I feel like growing up in Pittsburgh. Like there's a certain, I don't know, like a grayness or something or, or like working class grayness that I think deep down I unconsciously relate to maybe. But do you think that that's in your work? I think it is a little bit. It's not like overtly there. But not grayness,
1: so much grayness as um, as a palette.
0: No, grayness has like a demeanor. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like Warhol has it. He has like a Pittsburgh sensibility, or at least I see it. Yeah. And his work is vibrant and bright, and but there's something gray about it under the surface of the palette. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. But Anna, maybe you only can. There's a big
1: uh, Warhol retrospective coming to the Whitney. I'll be looking at it through that lens now, because I think that's that's interesting. Have you been to the Warhol Museum? I have once, I think. Yeah. The reason why uh it's so uh, you're embarrassing me. You're embarrassing me cuz I I'm having to remember whether I'd actually been. I know I haven't been more than once. I think I've been once and I can remember because I remember the uh, the cloud. The Silver Yeah, the Silver Cloud Um but you're embarrassing me because I really Love Warhol's work, so one would think that um. That would have been, uh, something that I would really, like a cherished memory or something. I can't remember last week. But I can't remember anything. <laughs> I can't either. I think um. Well, I don't know. Maybe that's just peculiar to you and me, though, because I think I think other people. It's not an, It's definitely not an artist thing. Some some artists have great memories. I'd blame it on my kid. <laughs> Oh, you t- had a better memory before you. Yeah, medicated? sleep deprivation is. Ah, uh, no, I have. Um, my college friends made fun of me because. Um, I. You couldn't remember anything. Well, I couldn't remember anything, and then I would have these brain farts. Like I'm not having really bad ones during this conversation, mm-hmm. but it happens to me all the time. And and the reason why I'm not so. Worried about having some kind of early dementia or something is that I've had it since I was uh, An early adult like in my 20s, so It's the wiring. It's just the wiring. It's a re- it's just there. It's there. Yeah, so I might be just like this all the way to the end No, I'm in greater be danger
0: because okay. mine is onset <laughs> And it's worsening <laughs>
1: Well, but it's just because you haven't had enough sleep. So yeah, I'll get it back. It one might, day. it might get better one someday. day. <laughs> like about,
0: mm, eh, probably less than ten years. From yeah, now. seven maybe. I'm, I'm shooting at seven or yeah. eight years away, maybe. <laughs> it's gonna be glorious. <laughs> yeah. No, and I can't even sleep in anymore. I can't do it. Like my body clock. You know how old people wake up early? That's me now. Like, I can't sleep in. Don't talk to me about that, (laughs) because
1: when I sleep in, it's 6.30. I got up at 6.30 today. Yeah. Um, Normally, I've been getting up at 4.30. Whoa, that's... That's a little bit more than, like, old people. Well, no, that's that's what old people do. When do you go to bed? I try to go to bed at 10. So this is getting a little bit... TMI but um, that's reasonable I, t- last t- night I noticed the last time I noticed was nights I was exhausted because mm-hmm. I went to the Whitney yesterday and um, I started doing more of skin paintings recently
0: nice um,
1: and so I did 13 of them uh, yesterday at the Whitney and then last week I went for a day and did 13 that day also
0: they let you set up in there? I, you know, it's... Or you just do it. It's really an amazing thing. No, you can't just show up
1: and <laughs> do something like unpack. that. I, well, but, maybe but, in a lobby. But I, I just emailed them. You know, I just got this idea. I've been wanting to do more skin paintings for for a, a number of years now. And I have done, over the years, I've done s- some sporadically here and there, yeah. but just a few. But I thought, um, you know, the big the big version of the piece... Um, lives at the National Gallery, and the and the National Gallery was closed for renovation the, the East Building for a while. And I thought, oh, I'm going to do a hundred more before they reinstall, so it'll be 500 instead of 400, or approximately. Oh, so you
0: just you just give it to them and say, this is
1: yeah, this is the new it, piece. Mix them in, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not really a new piece, just a bigger version of the same piece, and um. So it, I wanted to do that, but it wasn't happening. And then for some reason, the election happened. I mean, that was an interesting slip. <laughs> the election happened, and I just was, I wanted to do something. And I know that this isn't like a profound thing to do, but all I could do that was my thing was to do, to, to follow through on my, my promise to myself to do 100 more. So I think I've done about 40 over the past like just week or two. Mm-hmm. Um, and so th- this is all about like why I was so tired last night. I went to sleep at 9.20, um, which I usually don't go to sleep that er- early. And the TMI part is if I go to sleep at 9 before 10, even mm-hmm. if it's just a, a, a few minutes before 10, I tend to wake up at <laughs> ridiculous, like 2.30 or something. Yeah. So that's what happened this morning. So I was a little worried. If I wake up at four thirty, it's fine. Yeah, and I, I would have a really good conversation with Brian. But if I walk, <laughs> if I wake up at two thirty, it's not good. So anyway,
0: you're feeling good. though. I mean, that's a a good excuse to be tired though. Doing portraits at the Whitney.
1: It, it's somehow it was really fun and and really exhausting at the yeah. same time. It's really weird when you have to use your brain in a certain way, like really t- trying hard mm-hmm. with your brain for hours. You know, it's exhausting, even though it's you're not exerting your body that much. Yeah. It's now, are people are people
0: talking to you while you're doing it too? You
1: know, one one person, the only, um, yeah, one of the one of the two men that I did um, he really interesting guy he's the um he's the the he is the legal department for the Whitney mm-hmm. it's just astonishing that they just have one lawyer but before he decided to convince them to have a legal department there they didn't have anyone on staff anyway he when he sat down he said do you want to do this? Do you need to concentrate and you want to do this in silence or is it okay that we talk? So I said, Oh no, it's fine. Whatever. I want to talk. So we started talking and I couldn't, because the story was so interesting. I couldn't concentrate at all on the thing. Yeah. It depends. Like you, certain conversations you can work with, but others, it's kind of a weird, I haven't thought about it that much, but like, if certain parts of your brain are occupied, you can't work. Like, do you listen to the radio when you're... No, I listen to music. You listen
0: to music that's... that's I can't podcast. Like... I can't listen to podcasts or interviews or, or audiobooks. Really? Yeah, because I need my attention on what I'm working on. And I like the music because it gives me that energy. You know, there's there's something physical and about it. And does it have pain. to be... A, is
1: there a certain kind of music that would do the same thing as a podcast and distract you? No, for some reason...
0: Any music would be okay. It could be... Well... Like, could you listen Opera, to classical I don't, music? I don't know. Well, okay. <laughs> Opera, maybe not. But most everything else, yeah, I think I could do or What else was I going to ask you about that?
1: Um, listening to music and working.
0: So you never listen to, to, to talk radio or anything like that? No, I can't. I used to have, after 9-11, I would listen to, I would have the news on TV all the time. And that was for a while out of anxiety, you know? And then I just stopped cold turkey. That's weird. Yeah, I think
1: probably between 9-11 and um, the recent election, I became a news junkie. Just It was out of control. I was just, uh, for some reason, had this desire to redundantly listen to the news over and over again. It's depressing. But I stopped Cold Turkey right at the election because I just felt like it... I was so... I felt so betrayed by the media. Yeah. Um, but this is what I was trying to ask, which is that there isn't some kind of music... Like, because you make music and you're so interested in music, if you heard some new music or... Certainly, if you heard music that you're working on, it would be distracting. Or if you heard new music by, let's say, a band Mm -hmm. that you're really interested in, that wouldn't be distracting? No. Somehow. It's really interesting because you'd think that that would be a kind of, I'm trying to think of the parts of the brain that, that
0: distract us, you know? Yeah, no, I totally get why that seems like it would be. It's kind of like I can't play piano well at all because mm-hmm. I can't do the left-right thing. I can play other instruments, but I can't do the bass and the, the lead at the same time, like the rhythm and the lead. My brain doesn't work that way, but when it comes to listening, like input and output, uh-huh. I can hear the music coming in, decipher, enjoy pleasure, and then put out what I know that I need to do, putting out. And those uh-huh. are two different roads that I can... Uh-huh. It's the piano. I can play that piano. Uh-huh it's weird I don't understand why you know what
1: happened to me recently just less than a week ago which I I can't believe that and it's totally by virtue of having all this time not not totally free time but just a different kind of mental space freed up because I don't care about the news anymore yeah that's that was an exaggeration but you know what I mean Um, I brought my turntable actually it's not wasn't mine because i don't have my turntable from back then because that's ancient equipment that's yeah b- was broken and got thrown out decades ago but um you know the kind of turntable that has the usb con- connection yeah i bought one for Emmett, my mm-hmm. son when he was um uh you know a mid-teenager like when he was 15 or something yeah and so he he only was really interested in it for maybe a couple of weeks, um, and there's a funny story behind that. But um, I I brought it to my studio, and it's it's amazing because I have my I do I don't have my old turntable, but I have my old records. Yeah, and it is so weird what uh, listening to the records that you listened to when you were 15. Yeah.
0: does to your brain and your emotions because it's that physical crazy. object takes you back in a different way Com- than spotify would you know completely. like putting that on the needle
1: the physical yeah. object and the the playlist mm-hmm. that's on the record yeah, yeah. that you can't alter right it's uh it's just it's in your memory in a way that nothing else is yeah
0: Music. some people will never know that like listening to an album oh right well, so
1: here's the anecdote. I, I bought my, my son was so, he just thought that, you know, this Public Enemy album or Elvis Costello mm-hmm. or The Clash, it was so cool that we had these things sitting in boxes, right? Yeah.
0: Because
1: he, he knew the music now digitally. Um, so I bought, you know, I think it was his birthday or something. I bought him that turntable mm-hmm. and he was really excited about it. And he played he was playing all these records and he got into like for instance he got into graham parker Mm -hmm. um which he had never heard of you know he'd heard of elvis costello but if you were living at that time you couldn't really have been that much into elvis costello and not have heard of graham parker at all right yeah um so he got really got into um graham parker's squeezing out sparks album Mm -hmm. which is kind of a strange thing to have happened so he's listening and and I'm going oh man I really would love to have that you know you've got the turntable and I don't have it and it's like you know it's kind of a hassle now yeah. to use something like that but you can it has a USB connection so you can record them you can record that album for me mm-hmm. as you're listening to it could you do that for me and he goes yeah that's great no problem It, you know thanks for the turntable, thanks for the records. And he runs down to his room, he comes up in about 15 minutes, and he goes, Dad, I can't do this. I go, what are you talking about? You were so happy about do. you know, it's a nice favor you can do for me. And he goes, I can't do this, because you got to wait for the whole, you got to, the whole thing has to play. Like, I can't, I have to be there. And when it's at the end, yeah, it's inc- I was just thinking. Inconvenient. I know, I was <laughs> just thinking that's what we would do like yeah. to make cassettes especially and it you were it was fun yeah even though it, i guess it was kind of boring but i didn't think of it that way no because you didn't there. we didn't know that it could be boring until high speed dubbing right and you but you would do other things you might yeah. be reading a magazine or whatever
0: yeah not online not online. <laughs> like, there yeah. wasn't much else to do well
1: how, yeah how old were you cuz you're considerably younger than i am but it feels This whole digital age, I mean, we're talking about it in the same way.
0: I mean, I was in college when my roommate, I don't know if I told this story, my roommate, Gerald Davis, you know, he's an artist, he's a really great artist. He, you know, we were studio mates too, and he's like, hey, you got to come down. And we went to this computer lab on the other side of campus, and it's like, it's the internet. And it took forever to load. It was like dot matrix style loading. And it was like a picture, a satellite picture of and the c- earth or something. But could you have an email address event- at that point? Uh, I didn't get an email address until grad After school, college. I think. Grad school. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I didn't come so up with So when you went
1: that. to college, you were, if you had to write a paper, you were typing it out on, on a typewriter? On, a, on an electric typewriter? That, that's a good question. <laughs>
0: You never wrote papers, Brian Alfred. <laughs> <laughs> <I don't, laughs> you didn't write one paper, did you? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I not remember. No, I had to have written papers. I you must wrote have. them
1: longhand?
0: What? Your teachers accepted <laughs> longhand in-pencil papers? I can't remember. I must have used wow. to, They must have had computer, word, pro, word processor computer labs, probably. But it wasn't like the internet. Like you would have just word or something. You used a word processor, you think but it wasn't in your room.
1: No, this I is never very had a... revealing that you can't you do have no memory of this cuz my memories of writing papers in college are so vivid.
0: You were a much better student than I was.
1: <laughs> well, I was, you know, I wasn't an art major, so you probably yeah, got away with just papers. writing three papers. Or
0: something. Probably, yeah. yeah. I don't think I wrote So a that's lot of fine.
1: Papers. It's just interesting that you don't remember those three papers writing them.
0: I don't. I'm not a good writer. <laughs> Not to incriminate myself no, on any future books that I write. <laughs> <that's fine. laughs> I think especially back then, I, I'm sure I wasn't good at writing. But yeah, I don't remember. But I do know that I'd never. The first time I got a computer was when I was in Brooklyn, when I moved to the city, mm-hmm. and it was one of those old. Well, there's no
1: question that you would have had a computer back then. It sounds like it was a little too early, but I yeah. just wonder what you would have written on. I can't imagine that you went across campus to use the word processors at some lab. That doesn't yeah. make any sense. Yeah, we had computer labs. You maybe borrowed somebody's typewriter, or like word processing typewriter. This is not worth figuring out, but it's very curious. It I mean, is. I think you repressed it. I'm. I think it's like I. Now I'm th- I'm operating under the assumption that, um, or the theory that.
0: It was Traumatic. Yeah, yeah. And uh, post-traumatic writing paper yeah. syndrome. <laughs> yeah I I wish it's embarrassing that I can't remember but I'm sure I wrote amazing papers on an old typewriter that (laughs) that had the thing at the end yeah right manual typewriter Um,
1: so as long as we're talking and as long as we're on the record here I think we've talked about this subject before but it's interesting to talk about it like to get your I don't remember your answer to it but you know I'm a pretty good teacher. I have a lot of former students who, I think, thought I was a pretty good teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, you were actually one of my students, kind of like twice, because it was, there was, wait, no, just Skowhegan, right?
0: Which kind of it's isn't not, really okay, okay, so
1: maybe the yeah. question doesn't even apply then.
0: But no, you got to ask because yeah. now. Well. I can pretend that I was. Well, wouldn't. the
1: thing it's. It doesn't really apply because you, I, for some weird reason, I had this glitch and thought maybe you were my student at Yale, but that's not true. No. You were just my student at Skowhegan, and that's not even like being a student. It was great because at the, so,
0: be, the beginning of Skowhegan, they say to you, like, we're not your teachers. We're fellow artists. Right. We'll talk to you
1: about your work. Right. So it sort of applies, but the the question isn't really relevant anymore. I but can still answer also, it. I, so I would come to I remember coming to your studio I mean, it sort of applies because I would go to other people's studios and there'd be this, you know, back and forth and this kind of engagement and not that there was any, there wasn't any engagement over your work. It's just that, as I recall, I would, I'm pretty sure, you know, the two or three times I came into your studio back then, I would just look at at what you were doing and it, it was going really, really well. And that's basically all I would say. Which wasn't, it's kind of weird because generally, even if it is going really well, I have something to offer more than that with most people. Um, occasionally, I, that's how it'll go, though. And I think it's gone. The point is that it's gone that way pretty much every time I've been in your studio. Although the last time I was in your studio, which was way, way after that, mm-hmm. maybe the only other time? Yeah, I, I think can't so. remember. I think so. And maybe this is the part you're going to want to delete from the conversation. But, I don't delete anything. <laughs> but um, but um, I'm not sure it was going really, really well in it wasn't. that way. No, no, yeah. it wasn't. Um, Which is important for me to have. But we I didn't, have those moments. But we didn't get into that. Like I wasn't, I hadn't seen you enough to be able to say that, I think. Mm-hmm. Or we hadn't kept up enough for me to be able to say that. Um, so I don't know how I would have tried to get that across.
0: It's a really interesting, that phenomenon of having critiques. Mm-hmm. Because as an artist, you, you're you always ebbing and flowing. You know, you have yeah, this, sure, you course. hit strides and then you hit the shits, you know, and then you get back into strides. And sometimes you can get, especially painful is when the visiting artist comes, when you're in the dip and they come in, you Somebody know. that
1: you're looking really forward to seeing. Yeah. Is that and what you're saying? It,
0: yeah. And you're just struggling at that point in the studio. And they come in and they're like, you know, you, you, you're you so excited to talk to them, but they're feeling, you're feeling about your work really unsure. So you think like, oh, this is good because I'm going to get this great person in and, you know, maybe give me some, some you know, tips for how to get out of these, right, right, this hole right. that I dug and myself it's, in.
1: It's inevitably not the case. Yeah,
0: it just goes, usually it's it's tough, you know.
1: How does that usually go? The person comes in and they just um, they, they're silent for a while, or I guess each person's different, but often they don't know what to say, right?
0: Yeah, well, they I feel like a lot of visiting artists will take the temperature first. They'll let you talk a little bit and then go off because they don't have those months of development to see what you've been working on. Right. And um, like I had one when I was an undergrad, right before I was about to go to graduate school, and I was struggling i having a really hard time, and this guy came in and basically said, like, look, this biz isn't for everyone, you know? (laughs) (laughs) And it was really hard, you know? I was like, oh, oh man. Like, he basically told me to give up or do something else, you know? Because it was just a, you know, you hit those points to where you're trying to figure out, you get lost, you're trying to open that next door, you're in the hallway in between the two rooms, and it's a dark hallway and you got to find that doorknob and you're having a hard time getting it. And someone comes in like, what are you doing? And you don't know. And sometimes that can be useful though. I mean, it is everything that you're telling me
1: makes me feel very strongly that I'm glad I didn't go to art school, but, um, (laughs) but I did go to Skowhegan, (laughs) which was amazing. And, uh, I, Peter saw. I don't know if he came the requisite three times to my studio, but he came at least a couple times. And I don't. And I also don't know if he used these words, but basically came to my studio and said, "This is boring," <laughs> and left. Yeah. And you know, I really respect, that guy's an amazing artist. Yeah. And whatever it did to me, I can't remember exactly what it did to me, but that's going to do something to you, to have Peter Saul come into your studio and say your work is boring. Um, Yeah, and then Emma Amos came in and said, or at the final crit, said that I was a fake naive artist. (laughs) (laughs) And she didn't, I was making figurative work at the time, I just, I think she just didn't realize that I was actually, I kind of actually was a naive artist because I just didn't know anything.
0: Well, what you're saying is what I always believe, that you need space, time, and retrospect to understand what those critiques mean in a way. Like, now you could say, it kind of makes sense that Peter Saul might think my work is boring.
1: Yeah, I think I was aware of that at the time, probably. But I'm it guessing. hit you differently, Right? Than it would.
0: Yeah. I wish
1: I could remember. This is probably one of those repressed things again. Post-traumatic. Yeah. Critique, I, can't, this I can't remember how I felt about that. I remember sort of like... I can picture him walking into the room and being completely dismissive. Like in a way, you know, completely unemotional about it. Just this is not interesting.
0: Yeah. See, that's... I feel like that's not good teaching, but that's good to hear because... <laughs> When you hang a show, there are going to be people who come and just say, "This is not interesting." but you're not really making it for them. You're making it for the people who find it interesting. And if you try to cater to everyone's interest level, then you're, then you're going to make making work for other people. Yeah. It's, it's The whole thing is you, know, subjective. and you, yeah. so you have to, I think the most successful or not successful. The most successful outcomes of those circumstances are the people who are able to understand it. And then take it for what it's worth and use it in a positive way in their own work and development. Because you're going to get the bad critiques, you're going to get the good critiques, you're going to get the meh critiques. You know, you're going to run the gamut. There's going to be people who love your work and hate your work. And you have to try to take whatever responses you're getting and use it to fuel your work in the most productive and positive way. Because at the end of the day, it's you in a box making something. And that's really what matters, you know, because... The rest of it is just, you can't control it all, you know. But I always try to say, if you can get something useful out of any critique, like you can have a great critique where people are praising your work, and it can be the most useless critique ever. And you can have one that's middle of the road, but it's really useful because they ask you that one question that you haven't thought of, you know. Right. So I feel like that's really the benefit of critiques. Not really, you know. I, this person coming in and giving you the answer, or you know, or berating you. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I haven't had that many critiques.
1: Um, so that that's the downside of not having gone to art school. But I tried to have. I mean, I, it's it's a little different when you have your friend over. Um, I mean, I basically have two friends who I completely rely on to tell me what's what. But I've tried to have. You know, so-called critique. Recently, I, I tried to have some. This doesn't work. I realized I I only needed to do it once. <laughs> I had three former students over to mm-hmm. give me like, because I was totally able to give it to them. Yeah. You know, just a year ago or two years ago. So, it's time for them to give back. Come right. to my studio. It doesn't. Can't. They can't do it yet.
0: I don't think you can have a critique after you're out of school, to be honest. Like a true critique. I think part of it... there's, I think there... This is probably wrong. There's like this early development as an artist where there's things that you don't... It's almost like language. Like you're still building the words. And then at a certain point it becomes, okay, now you've got most of the words. Now it's how you're writing with those words. And it's hard to critique that at that point. I don't... Yeah, it is... It's kind of an abstract notion, but I think it's hard as if you've been working and showing and you're, what you're making has been in dialogue with all this other stuff for like, say, 10 or 20 years. Yeah, and then you yeah, have yeah. someone come in and give you a fresh, raw critique of your work. It's, it's different. It is yeah, different. Yeah. I mean, it can, I'm sure it can work, but...
1: The, the time I came closest, I was teaching at Cooper and we were going to have a group critique of the classes, you know, what the individual students in the class were working on. So everybody's going to bring in one or two things and we were going to have, you know, critique the work. And I told them I was going to bring what I was working on too. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't good. It was not in a... It was <laughs> Wait, like in a,
0: the reaction, like the way... No, no, the work wasn't good. Oh. It was just
1: at a, you know, it's like in a searching mm-hmm. point and there were several things I was working on. Nothing was resolved. It almost worked because I brought it in and like... At first, people didn't know whose work that was. Like, Mm -hmm. it could be someone else's work in the
0: class. Oh, yeah. And if it had
1: continued that way, I would have gotten a a genuine crit. Yeah. But they they needed to know which work was mine. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, that's unfortunate. So, there's probably a tricky way to get it to work. Anonymous critiques? yeah, Yeah,
0: anonymous. That would be really interesting. That would be interesting. Like if you're a really f- well-known artist to p- yeah, hang works. Yeah, but your you know, if else. you
1: come to the anonymous critique um, event with your Brian Alfred paintings, mm-hmm. we would have to have other works that uh, of other artists that are cl- either close enough or have 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 um, interests in common, so that we could fake out the the critiquers yeah. as to which work was yours. But I don't, I don't think that would be very easy and it just not wouldn't be worth it.
0: But what you're saying is implying that most people know my work and that's probably not true.
1: <laughs> oh. Either
0: they might just not be familiar I with mean, my work. I <laughs> mean, um, <laughs> I do. Think, I think enough people...
1: Yeah, what are you talking
0: about? Yeah, and I'm probably type my typecast myself as a painter <laughs> that it kind of looks like my my work. I can't seem to shake it.
1: Uh, you know, it's been fine with me over all these years, so.
0: Well, it's funny, like, I'm sure you agree, too. Talking about your work. Making, like, little changes to an artist can feel like a big move, but to other people. Like, sometimes I'll say, you know, I talk to my wife mostly about my, like, she's that person that I talk to about mm-hmm. the work, and uh I'll say, you know, I'll show her an image and be like, I'm thinking about doing something like this, and mm-hmm. to me, it seems really different. She's like, Oh yeah, what's the big deal? Is know. it too? She's like, no, what are you talking about? You know, to other people, it just doesn't seem that. But big every of a once move. in a
1: while, does she say, Oh, why would you do that? Do, oh yeah, I get that. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that's the brutal honesty, <laughs> <laughs> which is exactly why you need her. Yeah, to be. yeah, exactly. It's it's really productive. So do you? One not to backtrack too far, but do you listen to music when you work? I do. You know, so
1: up until recently, I was listening to news nonstop, and then I just told you that I stopped doing that cold turkey, and so I guess I hadn't thought of this. It's obviously a direct one thing leads to another. I just brought that turntable into my studio, and I haven't had this was just last week, so I haven't had a ton of working days with the turntable. But um it's amazing. It's kind of that... What is it? A side of an LP is like 45 minutes or so? I think so, yeah. yeah. It's kind of an interesting... It's like a good amount of time to, to get into something and then take a little break, flip the record, or yeah. go find another one. And it's just... I don't know. I'm sure that you and I could... I mean, it would be interesting, because I'm not such a music person, it would be interesting for me to have this conversation with you, like why it's useful for us, theoretically, to be listening to something analog. Mm -hmm. Like either people, you know, for those of us who are lucky enough to like a string quartet in the corner of our
0: studio playing music. Oh, yeah, that dynamic. Or, yeah. (laughs) yeah... Or a record. Um, that I don't think I could concentrate on working. What? If someone were if in a, the studio oh, playing. Oh, yeah, I thought you meant a record. No, no, if there were... Yeah, three, yeah, you know, of course, be, that would be playing. like
1: having... Yeah, same here. I can't even have a studio assistant. No, I've never... I can't do it. I tried once. I actually have successfully done it twice, but they can never be in the room with me. Like, yeah. I leave a list. I can't even do that. You can't even do that because it's too, too, like takes too much. Uh,
0: it's like a hassle. uh, It could be if it got to that point, I think theoretically, but it's just, it's, I don't want anyone in your space. I love having friends over talking. I can BS with people while I'm working, you know what I mean? But I don't want anyone in that process at all. Ah. Not even like emailing someone about what you're working on. Like, or no, like like if someone came in and answered emails for me or did like oh Oh, anything, oh yeah, no, like I couldn't have someone in the room. anything.
1: No, but what about if you just said those four stretchers need to be stretched and then X coats of this kind of gesso Tried it. or whatever. doesn't work. No, nope.
0: I need to do it. I need to be the one who does I'm it. pretty much that way
1: too. Because uh, the person who's working for me one day a week now is just trying to <laughs> make some sense out of my unbelievably disorganized
0: archive. Yeah. I think that's the other thing too, is I would be, to have someone, I would feel like and there's so many weird parts of the studio process and, and now I'm so disjointed, like I work all over the place and I move, I'm nomadic and stuff and I have a studio here in Pennsylvania and I work out at my you know, families and, you know, like, but always in a studio, right? You're not. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Well, unless I'm doing animation on the computer and Mm -hmm. the beauty of that is I can do it anywhere, you know, or doing this. Yeah.
1: Consider this part of your work. No, not at all. And you don't (laughs) consider your music part of your work. That's another thing. Do you consider that your work? That's another thing. It's just something. No, it's just so you think of it. I'm going to just say it this way. You think of it as lighter, the, the music. Music? Like a lighter commitment or a lighter... Well, I
0: don't play that much. Oh, you don't? Anymore. I mean, I do here and there. Like, um, you know, my friend Rudy Shepard, who does performances, I've been playing with him and making music as he performs and doing stuff like that. I mean, and I write some stuff here and there myself. I play with my son a lot, but I don't, you know, I'm not like actively recording recording. Mm-hmm. So, but I do collaborate with musicians on my video work, and that is very much a part of the work because there's a call and response collaboration there. But yeah, as far as music, I think I've taken the back seat to it in a sense, and I've kind of become an avid appreciator. You know, I I don't, I'm not using it for my work necessarily. Mm -hmm. The stuff that I'm writing, I pulled out. I did it. I pulled it out. I think last week I did a record. That I recorded, and it was in two thousand five, I think, or two thousand six. All me, and it's a whole record that I re- recorded. Never released it. Never, you know, shared it with anyone except for my wife. And uh, I pulled it out. It was really interesting to listen to it after like ten years have gone by.
1: Interesting, positive, or interesting, interesting negative. positive. And and um, at the time, ten years ago, did you think of that as much? I don't know why I'm following through with this question but did you think of that as much part of your work as your painting
0: i think i'd probably put a little more hierarchy to the painting than the music Mm -hmm. just because i'm i wasn't doing it yeah i don't know why for me it's like painting and animation is like the number one creative outlet for me it's just where i feel my voice is the clearest you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and um but music does things that are way better than art you know there's this primal you know dialogue between sound and ears that just cuts through a lot of the bs of like making pictures
1: oh uh, so if you could be a composer musician at the at if that could be your clearest way of communicating you would you would choose that
0: i would say yes in theory but the answer is no because i could do it if i really wanted to like i could have just played music my whole life was nothing stopping me that's weird i wonder why you didn't do that i i think i like i do like making work and listening to music and being by myself uh-huh. in the studio and in that process of yeah but i don't know and maybe it's having those
1: two things because if you if you did pursue the music you probably wouldn't have the other thing it would be the one thing yeah and that maybe that wouldn't have been enough for you
0: what do you have another thing is it teaching that gets you out of the, you know. It's weird. I would never have sex, come up with that on my own,
1: but maybe it is. I really, as time goes by, I really enjoy it more and more. Um, and it's because by default I've been able to teach almost exactly the way that I want to. Mm-hmm. I, the, the, the only thing that I'd like to do a little, uh, change it a little bit, would be to teach because I only teach graduate students now, yeah. which is great, but um, I would love to teach undergraduates, but not a lot. Like, um, not because I wouldn't really enjoy being engaged with a lot of younger students, um, but just because it takes so much um, more effort yeah. and would be really hard to be in, get in the studio. Yeah, I would just I would like to teach one class. I think the I nice would like part, to teach color.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. That's yeah. I had a great color class in graduate school. Did you? Yeah. Was it Dick Lytle? No, it was or... taught by Sarah Rich.
1: Huh. In know. art history.
0: I don't know Sarah Rich. Oh wow. She now teaches art history at Penn State. Oh wow. And she writes for Art Forum, and she does. She does a lot of. Um, ah. She writes a lot about modern. Yeah, modernist maybe I... painting
1: you know if there's a if there's a lot that you can remember about that class or maybe i could get in touch with her i'd like to develop a color curriculum yeah before it's too late
0: yeah i love you know i taught a class that was keyed on color like basically color was the anchor of it and it's fascinating to me mm-hmm. you know there's no answers really but and but there's this um, Yeah, the kind of so scientific many, side to yeah, it yeah so many different ways you can approach it yeah yeah you know, I was thought about that in relation to your NBA piece that I was looking at. Uh-huh. I think it was up. Maybe it was up in that video that, uh, that when you're talking about. Or I just. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking about the NBA piece yeah, yeah. And the color of that extracted from, you know, the the setting, the athletic setting, and and just made into like modernist, right. like Minimal abstractions and how different that is. You know, when you take it out of there, but color is so interesting that. You could just use those colors and, and it can mean something totally different. It would, I always think it would be great to use it in this situation, too. Like, I would love
1: to someday do the design, which would mostly be choosing colors, really, of a, of a basketball court. Mm-hmm. Or um, I thought of an airplane, like a, you know, a
0: commercial yeah. airplane. I don't know. Was that piece the first fantasy piece ever? (laughs) Do you know what I mean? That was kind of like the basketball piece was... What do you mean? Wasn't it a fantasy piece? Like you were picking your top... Oh, yeah. Before fantasy sports? Oh. Because now that's a big thing.
1: I have no idea because I don't follow fantasy sports. You don't think it preceded, whatever, late 80s?
0: I don't know. Well, I guess people were picking. Yeah, people
1: team. were betting on sports forever. That's true. Yeah. So.
0: But it's such a thing now. Yeah. And I guess visually it's different now, too, because online you have these. I know I don't do it, but I, you see commercials for it. And you, see like, <laughs> it's, you don't have to be embarrassed to admit it. Oh, no. I wish I did. I got <laughs> asked to do a fantasy Premier League, like soccer, and I love, and I watch it, and I know all the players, but I said to myself, it's just I, that one extra thing that I can't commit right, to. Right, right. Like that would push me. Oh, that's a good question. What would be if you
1: had that, like if there were an eighth day in the week Mm -hmm. that you could commit time to, what would be that extra thing? I mean, besides family, because I know you already spend a lot of time with family. So that would just be an extension of something you already do. Right. But like something that you don't do. No, not necessarily for you. It could Mm -hmm. be, I have no idea. Could
0: be But my choice, basically. Yes, your choice. I don't know. I guess you just
1: said, you know, you don't do fantasy sports because it takes extra time. Yeah. But that wouldn't be at the top of your list. It wouldn't be that. And I've
0: been fortunate enough to like carve out time for me to play soccer and like be out be, you know, still play sports and stuff, which is big for me. Um but that be going back to music. No, I think right now it would be to become fluent in Japanese because I only uh-huh. I'm only so good at it, and I feel like it would be great to just go all out and really master it. Interesting. That would probably like if you said to me, "You have a day, do what you want with it." Outside of
1: yeah, painting, you have to.
0: outside of painting, and outside of you know that. So, I think it would be that right now. I still pick up the guitar every day and fiddle around with it. You know? uh-huh. So I feel like it's it's, part it's of kind of there. Story. And now it's really cool seeing my son playing guitar and getting really into it. So is some things you let them kind of take over or pass the torch on. And, right. You know, and seeing their love of it grow is really kind of cool. You know, where that hasn't happened with art at all. It, art's totally different, I think.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, I don't know why I've been reluctant to give it that special place, but it always has had that. I just never... Um, I'm, I'm always reluctant to give it that special place because then some part of the struggle would be over for me. And it always has to... I don't know why. It always has to be a struggle.
0: Yeah. But that's not... I mean, I feel like that's really common. I don't know if it's artists. common.
1: I don't know if it. it's common to this degree. It has to be like a really ridiculous struggle for me.
0: Well, there's... I, there's... A, a good group of artists who actually physically make a struggle. You know what I mean? Like, their work has to be physically demanding. Huh. You know, like, I love the that old drawing restraint piece. Oh, like, yeah. I mean, where it's, he actually created an obstacle course to making a piece of work. Right. You know? And I feel like a lot of people with their physical practices, you know, it's just so labor intensive that it's a struggle. Yeah, yeah. But there must be, at the end of it, this sense of accomplishment. That, right. You know, you just feel good about, I mean, I was like that with, with the work I was doing before I got to Skowhegan, there was, I felt I had to do a lot of work. Like there had to be a a lot of work involved. So even though it was abstract, I was doing all these numbers and chart things. And it was like, for me, it was a defense mechanism. It was like, you, you know, like you can't deny that I worked really hard on this, even if you don't like it. And then at a certain point, I didn't care anymore. And I just wanted to make what I wanted to
1: do. So make. you don't do that anymore
0: at all? No. There's not even one ounce of that in your work now? Well, I think I I I still have a little bit of blue collar. Like, I want to work hard all the time. Mm-hmm. But I've diversified it now into other yeah, things, too. Yeah, it's not so. all
1: in one, yeah. not all in the painting.
0: Yes. Yeah, it's in my life. There's a lot of stuff, different things going on that I've, I'm able to, you know... It's it's chaotic enough that I can. Well, like doing this.
1: I mean, this yeah. is an extra thing. It takes effort and time.
0: But for me, it's it's this is like vacation. I love it because I can turn off the world for an hour, two hours, and you know, turn off my phone. It's and pretty just, nice. And just you know, catch up and and think about things outside of just because you know we're always in the studio. We're always thinking about what we're thinking about. Right. And that voice gets repetitive and lonely at times. Oh, you know literally. what I mean? like it's yeah. just you and your thoughts, and it's nice to just bounce those off of different people, and I'm the kind of guy who will get pretty hermetic in the studio, like oh, I'll go. Yeah I can see that. A long time without having people over I don't necessarily, you know, necessarily have to be constantly talking to people or bringing people into my studio. So this for me, is a really nice way to you know to sort of share and, and think of different things that I might not normally be thinking of. hmm which is, I think, healthy, you know? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I hadn't thought of it that way.
1: But, but school totally does that. Sense. You know, that, and school does it that does probably unwillingly,
0: also. where people... Yeah. And then, by the time I got out of school, I, I had been in school, you know, seven and a half straight years. Ah, uh, When you first said that, I thought you meant teaching school. Oh, no, like, like being in it. Yeah. Because you, I you think have teaching crits. Teaching school you know? does that, too. Yeah, it does. Well, that was what was really nice when I did start teaching after a long break between going to school and then teaching is being back in that headspace, you know, of, of thinking about things that you might not just be thinking about if it's only you in your studio. It gets pretty specific about your work. I'm so glad that that has gone well. Because yeah. um,
1: I remember when you asked me about it a few years ago, I actually thought it was a little longer than that, but I guess it was like four years ago or something.
0: Yeah, I think so. And
1: then, um, I mean, of course I was totally supportive, but there was a, an ounce of skepticism just because you're such a, um, cause of that hermetic thing you just talked mm-hmm. about. But I mean, I guess I'm sure there are plenty of artists like that who end up being great teachers. Yeah. I think But I was... there are probably a lot of artists who are really, you know, closed off Yeah. who couldn't be good teachers. The interesting thing is that, that. I've found out more about how you would be as a teacher through this conversation than any any other thing by looking at your work or talking to you in your studio. Yeah, because
0: when you I don't you think when you talk for more than like fifteen minutes or twenty minutes and you start to Well also it's it's hopefully it's more than just more than about your work. Oh um, yeah, too. that's true. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's funny because when people do studio visits or come over, there's like this obligation in a way, or you feel like, oh, like here's the work.
1: Yeah, well, it's also a function of seeing that person, you know, one time in in all this time. Yeah, and so, you know, it, it, you know, you have other friends that you see every
0: other week. Right. Then it it doesn't have to be about the work. Yeah. I think also too, when you have a kid and then you're around other adults who your kids, friends, parents, you know, like you're so, so much more out of that studio mode of discussion that it's easier to just BS about other things and you, you become less, I don't know. I think before I had a kid, I was much more self-centered and just thought about work all the time. And I'd become much more open after uh-huh. that life changing moment. <laughs> I think I'm getting towards that.
1: I never, I never, um, I have to really work at it to keep the work in my head all the time. But it's good when I do. Yeah. And I think that, um, yeah, the family thing is a really good point. I mean, it's been 24 years now for me. And, um, you know, and the last kid I have three kids. The last kid is just applying for college right now. So it's going to be... I think that that time um, that you're talking about where it's all about work, I think I probably had that. I can barely remember it. But I probably had that 25 years ago for a few years. Mm -hmm. Um, And then... I'm really looking forward to having it again now. Yeah. I, I mean, actually, I, I think in a way I retrieved it just now, like just working for this show. Um, Does it, do you feel like it came out in the work in a way? I think so, but it surprised me because um, I didn't really, um, this is going to sound funny and it's, very typical of me, but I didn't know exactly what the work was about. I kind of still don't exactly know and, and but I have much better idea now that it's up in the public
0: yeah
1: um, I mean that sounds funny because obviously I probably know what it's about more than anyone else, but if you go and look at this show it's not you know without the advantage of like um, being Uh. Led by a press release or something like that. Mm -hmm. It's not. It's not so obvious what it's about. Um. So. Yeah, I forgot exactly what your question was, but I it. I think you know.
0: Did having that alone time affect this work? You know, having that. Yeah, I think
1: I think I got it got to be it's takes sometimes it takes me a really long time to resolve things and um you know sometimes there's no um unfortunately sometimes there some some notions don't get resolved mm-hmm. um and the interesting thing that and this is probably the first time this has happened to me in a long time if ever um this particular notion, whatever this show is about, didn't get resolved. Um, it was always very productive and moving forward, but it didn't get resolved with the at the moment of the exhibition yeah. of the works, which has been a great thing for me because I usually am at a loss for a while after I show something, um,
0: but now I'm eager to keep working on this work. Yeah, um, and but, I would imagine that is um, affected or interesting in the fact that you're getting a lot of response, but you haven't dotted the period yet on the sentence.
1: Yeah. It's um, almost like
0: that critique where you put up your work.
1: I'm getting, I am getting a lot of response. I didn't, um, I didn't expect that. I, and I'm getting more response for this show than I've gotten for anything I've ever done since the beginning. But why did you just say that? Cause is that because I told you that? I told you that I've been getting a lot of response from friends and.
0: No, because I just I well a I would imagine, I mean I was at the opening. There was a lot of people here, and then I've already read a couple people writing about the show. So I'm just assuming that you're getting a lot of response. Ah, okay, yeah. But um, that's interesting. That this is the first non-period sentence at the time of the show and that and, people are writing words in there, you know what I mean? Or yeah, more than usual. Huh,
1: that's interesting. I don't know if those two things correlate, but they might, it might totally be
0: an accident or yeah. you know, a coincidence or yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's inter- I mean, how, how it, do you it's feel about like a,
1: it, it? This just popped into my head. It's a, something about being in the flow maybe.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So if you're, you're kind of in the flow, like you have, you show your work as you're in the flow. Um, Maybe that's not the best way of putting it. Maybe it would be good to show the work, my work when I'm in the midst of making it as opposed to that, you know, putting the period on it. Maybe there's too much emphasis about putting the period on which I wasn't very conscious of, but maybe I had all these years been putting too much emphasis on that.
0: I think or, that would be only truly only something that you would know or be able to decipher. You know what I mean? Cause yeah. I, I generally think people coming to the show wouldn't really know that, but right. you would know it. Right. Right. Yeah. So, so for the next three shows, you scheduled the show. <laughs> That's what I was talking to Laura about. Um, the person that
1: I work with mm-hmm. at the gallery, um, about just scheduling a show in two years yeah. and just putting up the work that's there.
0: Let's say the opening date is December first. Yeah, 2000. Um, and, uh, you know, 2018. You tell yourself that's it. that the date is June 2019, and then at December first, you just got to ship <laughs> out that work. Uh-huh. Right, right. Okay. Well, you're invited to the opening. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, the, the show upstairs looks great. And, and this is in the dying. you're dying the canvases, right? Yeah. Is that sure. the first time you've done that? Oh,
1: yeah. So that's another example of, so the way you asked this question like an hour ago, but I'm finally getting around to it. Um, I have no business dyeing stuff. I don't know how to do it. I, you know... Even, the, the, I was just about to say I'm not good at it, but that wasn't even a question. It's not a question. It's never a question when I'm, if I'm good at something.
0: Isn't it about what you find?
1: Yeah, totally. It's about looking for something and, and, then, and then hoping to find something. It has nothing to do with, you know, oh, I'm good at this. Like I can, Sometimes it has to do with I'm bad at this. Like I said before, I can't draw, so I avoid drawing at all costs. And you can see that in, the, in these works. I mean, if there are any images, they were done without my hand much in it. So, yeah, so they're dyed with natural materials, and then some of them are painted on also with natural materials, but not, you know, not with my hand and, a, and wrist and a brush. Mm-hmm. It's like puddles and rags and stuff like
0: that. Yeah. Well, the blue one that has the warm tone over top of it
1: I don't know. In the
0: small room? Yeah. Was there a reference to... I felt like that felt kind of like the blue veins under the skin, like a warm skin. Were you conscious of that in that piece? I just noticed
1: that that, there was that lucky connection. Mm -hmm. So then I chose um, the fabrics that sometimes had that connotation. You know, working in this way, you end up chucking so many... um, uh, beginnings of works yeah um yeah it's uncanny how some of the because I think that you're treating I was treating the 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 material the fabric as like a skin yeah so it's kind of ironic because I made all this all those paintings about skin color but I had no interest in making the surface that much like skin mm-hmm. back then It was just the color. And yeah. then it was just paint, right? Oil paint. Um, this time I wasn't so interested in, in m- making it mim- mimetic cause mm-hmm. I, I was just as interested in making it look like the cosmos or something, yeah. you know, the universe. Yeah. Um, uh, so when things looked veiny, that, that was good. Cause it, you know, they didn't look like tie dye or something. Um, so I kept those mm-hmm. and then kept working with them. But yeah, I think the natural there's that, but there's also that those natural colors tend to, um, connote our bodies because, because our bodies are made from, natural materials too it's kind and of a, a universe silly thing to say and a, a depth, universe
0: a depth of material that's just infinite almost you know right that we try to know but we don't we can't really know it which mm-hmm. is like the universe you know you we try to understand the the size of it and to kind of like bound put a boundary around it but you can't mm-hmm. and that's the same thing with making images it's like you try to you're trying to capture. Or understand or learn something in this process but at the end of the day it's just the, the interpretation of it is bigger than anything we can kind of encapsulate.
1: Yeah, I, you know I can only respond to what you just said in a really corny way which is that we are part of the universe mm-hmm. so and then I'm using all these materials that are also part, you know synthetic materials are part of the universe too obviously mm-hmm. um, and so if you start from the premise that you're, you're, you're part of it. Um, then there's the possibility of making something that also has no
0: separation. Mm-hmm. I See, guess. I think you're uh-huh. you're getting to that. You're getting to a bigger place than the modernists got to.
1: I, well, I don't know about that, but that, but it, it's a. I think that some of them were trying to do that. I think. But I think they were in, this, in a sort of... You know, that Agnes Martin show is up. Yeah. And I think that she was definitely doing that. Mm-hmm. I don't always understand the exact way in which she was doing that. Although I do appreciate a lot of those works. Like yeah. I just think they're amazing to um, stand in front of. Um, so that's kind of the premise that she was operating under l- later in her life. Anyway. Yeah. Do you do you agree? I totally agree. Yeah,
0: yeah. And the one thing I think sometimes some of that work of that period was wrapped up in like this spirituality or this talking about the spiritual, and I think that's I don't know that takes it. Yeah, well, kind of that's specific. why Ad
1: Reinhardt is the my favorite of all of them because he he in, always insisted of uh, to, uh, insisted in taking it away from that yeah. area. Um and, and people always insisted on dragging it back in there. Yeah. But um you know, he was he was good at that. He just uh said this is not about anything but but itself.
0: Yeah. Yeah, there's a parallel there between like spirituality and religion and then the universe and kind of like a loose spirituality I think that I agree or that I'm interested in but I don't want to go down that path. But you know what I mean? I Uh think there's I think there's something interesting about those parallel paths. Yeah. It's it's two different totally different. Yeah,
1: I mean I kind of want to go down that path with you but I just I can't because I don't know how to talk about it. And maybe that's what you meant. Yeah, no. Yeah. Because it's really it's really interesting to me. It's sort of like the whole thing in a way. Yeah. But I just don't know how to talk about it. Which, maybe that's why we're visual
0: artists. Exactly. We'd write an essay if we... Right, and then you would forget how you even wrote it. I know. Well, I have this prized typewriter <laughs> that I've saved somewhere in my storage, I'm sure. <laughs> All right, well, it was great talking. Same here. It Thanks was really fun. It was cool to catch up. And, and, um, and so the, the show at James Cohen Gallery? It's up till um,
1: um, the 22nd. Mm-hmm. I, I, it might be extended, I'm not sure. Okay. But someone, we were talking about In the that. Lower East Side. which in is the Lower East When's oh, the last time have
0: Have you showed in the Lower East Side a lot? No. I
1: was thinking... This is the only what, time, and it
0: feels great to yeah. show here. Um, yeah. It's cool to see your work in a different... Because since I've seen your work, it's been in Chelsea, and then, you know, in museum is a different thing. But here in New York, like, you know, in galleries, it's cool to see it. It feels good. There. It feels good to... Um, have an art show in a kind of rough and tumble
1: area. Yeah. it's still a little bit that way down here.
0: Well, some old lady just almost hit me with her cane. <laughs> yeah. she was irritated at me for some reason. <laughs> it's because you have this big back that backpack bag. That giant bag. Yeah, I know. That's <laughs> all your equipment. All right, and then and and the, do you have anything coming up or anything in the future that people should check out or website or? S- I'm sure you're all over Twitter and Instagram, right? <laughs> Uh n- I not can't so think much. of anything right no, I'm not i don't I don't know
1: anything about any of that stuff. Um, I have been going over to the Whitney Museum to do these skin paintings again um, but um I can't think of what the next thing is, which is which is good and yeah a
0: way. refreshing. Yeah. well is the is the new 100 when will that <laughs> do you foresee that? Oh, happening? I see You're
1: right that is something. That I think the National Gallery is reinstalling that part of their permanent collection
0: um, at the end of March. Nice. Sounds good. <laughs> right. All right, thanks so much. Okay.